0: that's kind of how we how we just kind of like communicate and talk sometimes is we use a lot of these glottal stops it's a really gross word on huh? glottal it is yeah
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so but like that's what makes her but like that's what makes her like belay- the best is because it's <laughs> because she embraces this awkwardness and that's that like her own right individuality <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Mm-hmm. The pink eye. Come yeah.
1: on. That's nasty. That's nasty. That's nasty. hey, 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 hey. Guy. Hey. Hey. Pink guy,
0: <laughs> pink guy. This
1: is Asinine Radio. This is uh, this is this is gonna be a big episode. This is an episode we're doing an album today that we've done before in the past, but oh. it is now a lost episode, uh, and we didn't give it its due justice um, the last time we did it. I think you you can agree with me on
0: that. Yes, we tried it unfairly, and now we are going to redo it with knowledge that we
1: have now. Exactly And if you don't know what it is If you don't know what it is by now Because you didn't read the title of the episode uh, It's Regina Spector Begin to hope Shook it up I
2: never loved nobody fully So.
1: Tina Spector was born in 1980 in Moscow, Russia, and she began her musical career in the year 2001 in New York City, New York, and the United States. She currently has seven full-length albums, four EPs, and two live albums. But the album we're doing today is Begin to Hope, and it is her fourth album, and it was released June 13, 2006. Regina Spector wrote all of the music on here and played most of the instruments on the album. To date, this album has sold in excess of 1 million copies worldwide. So, Jeff, 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 Jeff. (laughs) What are your initial thoughts on Begin to Hope by Regina Spector? Damn, 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 damn. Damn, 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 damn.
0: I'm pretty sure that the first time I ever seen or heard her was when she played on... I only ever watched this person so I think it was that person. But she played on Conan O'Brien and uh I think she played this song. So probably. this was like 2006ish, probably maybe even 2005 if she was promoting this album before it even came out. But there was just something about like her weirdness and her quirkiness and it was just her on the piano and like it got my attention. Like it caught me. And so when this album came out, I, I got this album and I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. And I still think she's a phenomenal artist. And like the more I explore her and going back to her first self-released albums, and even up until now, I think her latest was like Far. But everything she's done is just really great. And it always bothered me that she wasn't more. Popular? Critically acclaimed. Yes, popular. Mm-hmm and i think it's because she's not she's not afraid to be weird. She's not like a cookie yeah. cutter pop artist who plays the piano cuz she does sing like weird like folk songs and she gets real heavy and real dirty and her voice is really weird sometimes and she embraces all of that and i love that about her. i love that she's not she's not the same as everybody else and she's okay with it. she's okay with just being a million album seller rather than, you know, a 500 million album seller or whatever it is. Yeah. But damn, dude, the, from the first time I heard this album as a whole till today, like nothing has changed. If anything, I like it even more today.
1: My my initial thoughts with, uh, with this album or my thing with this album um, was different than yours. So I had heard Fidelity through a friend of mine, Sean. Uh, he really liked that song, Fidelity, and he used to play it all the time. And I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like the, oh, 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 I hated it. I hated it so much. But he would always do that. Like he would he would just look at me and he would just start doing that. And it was really funny when he did it. But when I would hear her do it, I just hated it. And just thinking about him doing it right now, I just, I really want to laugh really hard. Cause it's so, at the time he had this like long hair and it was parted down the middle and he looked like a pageman, like a squire boy. Mm. And he would just look at me and he, he just, he looked so funny and so stupid when he sang it. And I don't know it, it was great, but yeah, I hated the song at first, so I never really gave this I never gave the album a shot, and then I think it was a couple years after this album you you made me listen to this in your car, and uh and then, yeah, I just I fell in love with it. It was just like that fidelity is like my least favorite song on the record, but I've grown to like it more um but the rest of the album, I think is just. Oh, dude, it's so fucking good and it's so quirky, but it's quirky in all the right ways. It's not like it's not cringeworthy. It's not it's just not embarrassing. It's good quirky. And she does it really well and she's a fantastic songwriter. Um it's a great one. And in all honesty, this album has no, no stinkers. Ooh. And you might agree with me on that. Well, I don't of know. Of course. <laughs> yeah, there... Not not a stinker on there.
0: Are there any songs on this album that you think are okay?
1: No, everything's good. Even the everything's the bonus a song. banger. So bonus songs. if, if everything's
0: so, yeah. a banger, then this song's good. you will give this album a perfect three. Then
1: we'll see. We're not get, We're not at the ratings yet. Well, that, wrap I'm up saying the if, if right you now. think
0: that everything is a banger, then that means you're going to give it a perfect three.
1: We'll see. I'm gonna give it a perfect three. I'm just gonna tell you right <laughs> up, Siri, right now. I don't well, care. Well, I'm not gonna tell you straight up right now because we got we got we got some stuff to talk about. Even the, the 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 seven bonus songs are all fucking fantastic, and we're we're not gonna get into all the bonus songs. We're primarily gonna focus on the main album, but there are a couple bonus songs I do want to talk about.
0: Well, let's let's do the bonus songs first, okay? Because I know why a lot of them were bonus songs and not on the album, especially like the last like for the Dusseldorf music box hero and bartender. bartender. I think those are just bonus songs because they all, they're all kind of similar. They all kind of have just that straight up like piano pop thing she does. And so there's mm-hmm. nothing really there, even though they're all great and music box. I think in particular, I like the story that it tells, I think is just fucking amazing. I think it's so great. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just her doing what she does best playing the piano singing phenomenally and telling a great story.
1: I feel like too with the bonus songs they uh they're the mo- they're the most like kind of off the wall songs, you know, like they they're too quirky for the for the main album I feel. The thing the little things that she does in, in those songs. But I mean the the one I really want to talk about is uh, America.
0: That's the I- weirdest I mean, one of the bonus songs. It is songs, so sure.
1: weird but I love it. I love the I, I'm just gonna play it because I can't explain it, but so I, I gotta play it. So here's uh, America by Regina Spector
2: Miss Z e. Roosevelt never heard me shoot my gun. Miss Z e. Roosevelt didn't even know I own Stone floor and a slated wooden ceiling. Cuddle in my semi automatic with a very fuzzy.
1: Fade. Ah, oh, that was good. Uh, this song though, I I I, I want to play the whole thing because it's so fucking good. But this I is, don't know why you don't like the song.
0: I do love this. I think this song is like one of the best of <laughs> the bonus tracks. I think <laughs> now it's, you hate it. I
1: think like this is
0: when, when people say they either like or dislike Regina Spectre, it's because of things like this song. The yeah. chorus in this song is so ugly and so gross, but at the same time. <laughs> It's absolutely beautiful, the mm-hmm. uh part when yeah uh, when when you first hear it is so abrasive and it's so disgusting,
1: and you can hear like her mouth sounds. It's almost like this ASMR thing. Like her yeah. voice is is very um uh the gains like turned up super high on her on her on her vocals and uh, I like it though. It's it gives it a weird character. I like it.
0: And then also in this song too, when like during the uh part later on, you hear like these gang vocals come in.
1: (laughs) It's so abrasive. But it
0: sounds like she's just pressing play and stop at the same time. She's just singing. uh, And so, Mm -hmm. but you can hear like the, the gang vocal part stop like abruptly. And so it kind of gives it like even that more of like this weird edge where it's, where she's like dumbing it down to the lowest common denominator here. And this song even specifically is more relevant today than like it's ever been. Mm -hmm. just back and forth between like American politics and society in general. I think it's absolutely fantastic. This was like the only song that I think could have been on this album.
1: See, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. It's, it's too, it's too quirky for the album, but it's still, i still love it.
0: Well, the only part that's quirky on this was the Uh, America part,
1: but no, but also like the piano is like, like it's very kind of like, like jumpy and, I don't know it's it's too much. What well, we I see mean, from it, for the album. We see from the
0: very first track Fidelity that that tapping of the piano that's got like this this classical baroque influence that feels as though she'd play it at some like ballet recital in the 17th century.
1: Is that a piano though in Fidelity? I don't think that's a piano. Oh, it's it's a piano for sure. I I thought she plays I thought it was live. like I don't know why I thought it was a like the plucking of like a violin string.
0: I think that's later on when she's on the,
1: uh, are you sure? I think that's a, I think they're plucking a violin, a violin. I'm that's I don't think piano. that's a piano. Uh, she plays it live it and she plays the piano. Well, so she, I, what she, she might play it. Do? Yeah. Live live. She might be the piano because she's not going to be playing the, the violin. She's not gonna be plucking the violin. Oh, she could. I don't know. No, she, yeah. I, this is the piano. Yeah. She could. I, I mean, on on the album, I'm pretty. I don't. I don't think so.
0: Just just according to like all of the all of the the personnel that you see, it doesn't say like oh Jimmy played violin on this song. It just that's it true. just says like specifically whoever plays the violin or, or the guitar or whatever. Maybe
1: they, maybe they just forgot to to credit Jimmy. I don't know. Who knows? I so I don't know. What no,
0: that's know. that's definitely a piano.
1: <laughs> nah, debatable.
0: Uh, it's not debatable. Because we're well, in the we personnel, are it, in the so personnel notes, it, there's no mention. It, so there's no debatable. mention of anybody else playing any kind of stringed <laughs> instrument on that song, Fidelity. Well, they
1: they left Jimmy out. I'm sorry. They, they left probably, him out. You're right. They probably left
0: Jimmy out. But that piano mm-hmm. intro is no, very reminiscent of what I said. It's a violin. Okay. Well, that's that's. <laughs> I mean, that's wrong. But uh, I guess we can. I guess we can call the piano violin on this episode. That's fine. So yeah, she's a phenomenal violinist. She does really well. <laughs> but on Fidelity, even though I, I agree with you, that's that's not like my most favoritist song on the album. Yeah. I think it's a great first song. I think it's a great intro to what this, song, what this album is going to be. And that's like her most popular song she's ever done. Yeah, it's so weird.
1: Kind so, of annoying. So weird. She has so many better songs. It, It's insane. But we also know people are mostly stupid. Yes. Um but getting back to the bonus songs, um I think Dusseldorf is also a very good one. I like that song a lot. I, I like the story in that. I it's it's so stupid. Um just a list of bullshit
0: I, she did in the past, as Tenacious D would say.
1: Yeah. Uh I, I'm gonna play it though, unless you, you wanna object, but I don't think you do because I you love Regina to death. So that's true. Here's a here's Dusseldorf by Regina Spector.
2: his nose it was redder in girl to and I forgot to frown then I remember but again in Paris I saw big fish swimming slow in the sand it made me hope that someday I Two and three. Counting cookies and no one was shot In Berlin Stopped by the side For drunk driving Everyone smiled In Prague I knew I'd been a witch Burnt alive By the Soviet kid It made me miss my Moscow down It made me miss my New York Nothing Oh 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 oh
1: How good of a fade was that? That's you right. have to admit that was a good one. That was a good one. But I don't understand how people don't like Regina Spector. I don't I think, mean I don't know anybody personally who doesn't like her, but I'm sure there are people who don't like her.
0: I think there are two reasons why people don't... I don't want to say dislike her because I don't think anybody dislikes her. They just don't know of her or they hear <laughs> a song by her and they think that it's just weird because she does use what is called a glottal stop a lot. And you heard it in that one, a glottal stop is, is, is a a singing technique or a singing thing you do when you say a word or you say something and it's instead of, I'm going to try and do it for you. So we'll see how this turns out. Okay. So for instance, imagine like the back of your throat being closed before you even sing. And then you say one thing and it opens and then it immediately closes. So it's like, like that like if you're saying I want to, you use like I want and then you clo- your throat you throw it closes oh, okay. and then you go you into the want you part rather than like I want where it's just yeah. one breath going into everything else. So she uses a lot of these glottal stops which you just heard in Dusseldorf. And mm-hmm. I think people are, are off or are put off by that because not only does she use it, but she embraces it. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's kind of how we, how we just kind of like communicate and talk sometimes is we use a lot of these glottal stops. It's a really gross word on huh? glottal. It <laughs> is. yeah. <laughs> so, but like, that's what makes her, but like, that's what makes her like, belay- the best is because it's <laughs> because she embraces this awkwardness and that's that like her own right individuality through the use of her glottal stops and like her high pitched peaks when she uses, when she uses these different things uh-huh. and, there's like there's so many highs and lows in this album. There's so many like softs and hards and there's so many times where she builds us up just to tear us down.
1: Ooh, look at you. That's all she does.
0: That's all she doing fucking does. Straight up going into like Better and then Samson. Like what are you even doing to me?
1: Battle. I like the way she says Better in in that song. Better. Yeah, Battle. B E D U M. Better. Better. Bet
0: <laughs> but that's that's why she never like got the recognition she deserved because because people think that's too fucking saying, weird because she's quirky Bedum because she's saying him instead of bet him Bet him But she's gambling, yeah, Bet him
1: <laughs> <laughs> to win, baby, him bet bet <laughs> Oh man, she's Jesus a self-proclaimed Christ. dork. <laughs> yes. Um, do you want to talk any more about the bonus songs, or should we move on to the main album?
0: No, the main what album is think? light years better than the bonus songs. The bonus songs are good. Uh, here don't and there. don't
1: don't get crazy. You're light getting a little little songs. wild. I'm not at okay, all. Okay, so what do you what do you got for for your number one banger, the ultimate banger on this album?
0: The ultimate banger on this album, the best song Regina has ever done. The best, the best, of the best of the best, sir, with honors is "Easy Money," Samson. That is 100% her best thing she's
1: ever done. I don't know about that. No, it's not the best song. The best song isn't on this album. The best song isn't on this album, but uh, it's it's a great song, and it's probably, to me, it was the saddest song. Definitely the saddest song on the album.
0: The way Regina likes to write music sometimes is she likes to not only incorporate her own personal experiences within music, but also just tell stories tell stories of either factual instances or Um, just make up something that's kind of like base semi in fact and that's kind of what Samson goes goes along with because there is a story of Samson but her story kind of doesn't match the actual story of Samson and so I think a lot of metaphors in it it leaves us as like the listener guessing as to did this happen to her because there is like an urban legend that I read that supposedly this song is about, but I couldn't find any factual evidence of it. Or is this like a straight reference of the biblical Samson Delilah? I don't know.
1: I mean, if, from what I read and the way I took it, it is, it's about, you know, a boyfriend of hers who was dying of cancer and it's wildly depressing and it's so fucking sad. And, uh, I mean, it talks about, you know, him cutting his hair, uh, and how she helped him cut his hair because he was going bald from the chemo, and then it goes on to talk about you know he ate Wonder Bread because you know Wonder Bread was one of the marketing things back way back when was about you know eat Wonder Bread to get strong, so he ate the Wonder Bread so he could be stronger so he could defeat the cancer, and it's just like I don't know just the the her wordplay and the way she she presents the presents the lyrics is just it she's really good at telling a fucking story in a song and. And man, this this song like it bums me out. Like reading the lyrics or really listening to the lyrics, it bums me out. But the I don't know, it's still a fantastic song. And did you? It gets, did you read? It gets the, you where it needs to
0: get you. Like the actual biblical story of Samson at all? Because I've always known like Samson. I, I never, read it.
1: I read a little bit of it, so but like, not. I, I didn't get too deep into it.
0: So the actual story of Samson is also pretty sad. So he, I'm going to give you a little rundown real quick. He falls okay. in love with his girl Delilah who eventually betrays him by telling his enemies that his super strength is held in his hair. So one night she hires some peeps to cut his hair, the Philistines or some, some enemy of Samson. Then they Mm -hmm. take Samson prisoner, gouge out his eyes and tie him to these columns. And so God had told Samson, like your power, I will give you these powers, but it's going to be in your hair. Don't ask me for shit again. So Samson asks God one last time to restore his power, just this once for a little bit of time. And so he says, okay. And so what does Samson do? He basically rips down the pillars, killing himself and everybody inside because he can't live without the eyes for seeing Delilah. And in the Bible, suppose, I never read the entire Bible, but in the Bible, supposedly, Delilah's never mentioned again. It's never even mentioned why she did this or even if she feels bad Mm -hmm. about her or anything like that. So the story of Samson himself is super fucking sad. Yeah. And so again I don't know if this because there's also things that I've I've been reading and I can I can kind of pick up from context in the song that she is speaking from like another lover of Samson like the whole I loved you first thing but that could also be oh. contributed to like the cancer thing but like if you if you if you take it kind of as another lover of Samson saying I loved you first and just kind of like seeing how sad it was to finally see your your man Samson go down in flames the way he did and it's like well shit why did he fall in love with delilah when i was here the whole time so there's so many different things going on in like this specific song that could be related to what she was actually doing and again i've never Mm -hmm. there was nothing concrete out there that i read from like interviews that she's done because people ask her all the time what samson is about and this was her song that was already done on a a prior self-released album but there was mm-hmm. nothing definitive i could say that this is what it was about and so yeah. that's why i think this song is absolutely f- her best song 100% i think it's
1: it's definitely the most complex song it's it's i feel like it's the song that that she put the most time into actually writing and i and i and i think that's because it it means the most to her emotionally i i feel like she she did experience something that was so traumatic to her and but she didn't want to be literal when actually writing the song, so she she masked it in you know with the biblical stories, you know, and and I honestly I I think she did a a fantastic job a fantastic job at it, you know. It's I think it it is a perfect song. It, it absolutely is a perfect song. It's so melancholy and it just it gets you in all the right spots uh, if you want to cry and if you want to be really bummed out because it's not an uplifting song, but. It,
0: did you cry listening to this album ever?
1: No, I didn't cry. No. then you're a but, monster. But this song was one of the was the song that almost got got me. It's fucking sad, man. It's so sad. And it's just her and the piano and I don't know. I I'm going to play a little bit of Samson cuz man, it's it's a it's a tearjerker. So There it is, Samson. You
2: are my sweet
1: Samson. Damn, Gina. By Regina Spektor.
0: <laughs> what is going on? What?
1: Fuck, man, that is that is a song. That is a song and a half right there. Unbelievable.
0: Ooh. It's it's a beautifully crafted song.
1: It is. And you know, in and listening to it again right now, you know, it's just it really shows that her songwriting, she she's like one with the piano when she plays. Because she when you could tell when she gets kind of like heated or when something happens like she starts to get louder with her voice. She hits the keys harder on the piano. Like, it's not just like the same, just thing, the same level all the way through a song. Like she plays along with how she's singing and she's like truly connected with that instrument. And it's, it's so cool to hear. And, and it kind of makes me wonder too, when, when she recorded this album, at least I wonder if she recorded the piano and her voice separate or if she recorded it at once. And my my theory is I think she recorded it all at once because if you listen to the if you listen to it with headphones you can hear like the hiss and like the background noise and normally if you sing a song with just the vocals separate you won't have that and I so I feel like she did everything together and it, it really adds to the emotion of that song especially but as the other ones too you know where it's just her and the piano I think it's so cool so so good.
0: I agree. I think I think that she did record them at the same time, because going along 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 the lines of that, you can hear the keys actually hit at the same time as you can hear the notes being played. You can hear like the ivory keys slamming into the wood, Mm -hmm. and kind of on the same coin of of when you hear like a guitarist, acoustic guitarist, slide his fingers up and down the fretboard. Love that sound. Like you can hear these little tiny imperfections in the song that actually make the song perfect
2: yeah
1: and you know what I, I like too and i think she from what it sounds like or maybe i'm just crazy but it it kind of sounds like she saying she sings these songs all the way through like she doesn't like sing a verse and then sing a chorus or sing line by line because you can hear her like take a breath in before she sings the next line or whatever you know like you could actually hear it a lot of that stuff gets edited out and post or you know or they sing like line by line which like kind of defeats the purpose of like an emotional song but it, it it was her 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 emotion was so well captured in this song and it, it is absolutely a perfect song it's and wildly sad and depressing at the same time
0: a lot of like the forums that I was scouring through this week a lot of people that i've I've seen consider this her best song
1: yeah it's fantastic but it's not her best no
0: if you say not one of least. her best songs is from like Soviet Kids and you're just a fucking poser and I don't want to hear you <laughs> talking anymore.
1: <laughs> Why?
0: Because you her first album.
1: Well, it wasn't her first album, but
0: her first album, Soviet Kids, that was, that was much better. She was much the more song, uh, weird. The, the song
1: Us is is a really good song. Oh, God,
0: dude, shut up.
1: You know it is. You know it is. You know it is.
0: <sighs> now, now, now you're just being difficult and hipster. Get out of here.
1: No, I'm not. That's a Get out of song. here. Her best the I
0: yeah. Got my hand up like an Italian mobster. The fuck it <sighs> <yeah.
1: laughs> Uh for me like when it comes to like favorite songs on this record, I I'd say maybe Hotel Song is probably my favorite on it. I'm I, fucking
0: blown away. That's your favorite song?
1: Why? What do you think it was?
0: I thought for sure you like uh Moi would be my favorite no, song. No, no.
1: I, I it's it's Hotel Song and probably 20 Years of Snow. Cuz it sounds hardcore no it's i i okay so well let's get into host hotel let me play hotel song and then and then we'll get into that sound good do it okay here it is by regina come in come in
2: come in to my world i've got to show show show
1: good fade that was good but that was hotel song fades dude they're so good i'm so proud of them my proudest moment don't be (laughs) but hotel song that that's yeah that's probably one of my favorites i love the electronic kind of element of it it's very like postal service uh but mixed with her just fantastic vocals on it and the lyrically i i I don't really care for it that much just because like i don't know it's interesting but it's not the greatest. See, I,
0: I kinda of have a different take than what I read kind of online. Well, that's that's a big one there. <laughs> I, I do have a different take than what I read online, and that is I think the song's kind of about like the loss of innocence as far as virginity is concerned, either through consensual sex or rape. Because of the whole drug aspect of the song and like specifically the line, like who's that girl wearing my dress? I feel yeah. like that's her seeing herself in the mirror, not knowing who she is or like what the fuck she's doing or what she even did or what happened to her. And yeah, I think,
1: she sounds very lost in this song.
0: I think masking that with the poppiness of the song is super awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
0: And the outro in this one was, was very... It was repetitive and kind of annoying, but it was just long enough to stick with you and be catchy but doesn't overstay its welcome.
1: And yeah, appreciate exactly. that. It really is. I I think it's it's such a killer song and and the I mean, I dream of orca whales and it's it, it, her wordplay to like associate it with cocaine was I thought was really interesting. It was fun and not fun. Fun's a bad word to use for that, but That's I fun. thought it was it was just it was just very interesting. Her 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 wordplay on this song it was, um. But now I I think that is just an absolute banger of a song. One of her best songs she's ever written, but the best on this, this record for sure. But
0: I appreciate um, that. There... I say no, but I do appreciate <laughs> it.
1: Okay. So what, what, what do you got for another? What's another one you got?
0: Um, I think so. Like the one, two punch of operas, Moy and 20 years of snow. Mm-hmm. I think those should be like one song, even though they're no. completely different. I think that the feeling that she gives you, this is a perfect example of how she tears you down just to kind of like bring you up or vice versa earlier on, bring you up and better just to tear you down in Samson. Like she is unbelievable at that. There's, there's like off the top of my head, I can't think of any group or artist that can do what she does the way she does it. Nobody can build me up so high and then tear me down, like coming off of Fidelity and Better, like dude, I, nothing yeah. can bring me down. But then you hit me with Samson, there's no way. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, yeah. vice versa, like on 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 Opera's Moy, where I'm already kind of like, oh, damn, that was that was dirty, that was that was down there. And then Twenty Years of Snow is like, wow, instantaneous. I my mood is completely done a one eighty.
1: All right, well let, let's get into Opera's Moy then. Um, I mean this song i so so lyrically it's kind of talks about you know the overthrowing of a monarchy and the revolution that that's caused by it and it, it like in different verses she she kind of she's kind of from the viewpoint of the person being overthrown the monarch being overthrown and it, it's it's kind of i thought it was cool how like when she which is Seeing from that perspective she's sounds like she's getting like punched in the gut like she's getting the wind knocked out of her with like every line and then you know the chorus or whatever get comes in and then it talks about you know the revolution and and what entails with, from that so i it's it's a very different song from everything else because everything else is very personal on this album except for this song it's kind of it comes it comes out of left field for sure yeah, this but song, it's still great.
0: I mean, this song is definitely inspired by her classical upbringing. It's a very intense song. And she's kind of, and like her singing in Russian kind of gave it a twist, like a Russian twist. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. It kind of gave the song a bit more edge. I mean, the first thing I want to talk about is how she can sing in Russian and make it sound like the most beautiful language on earth. Because I've always just seen Russian <laughs> as kind of like a... Not beautiful language. It's everybody kind of yelling
1: at each other. It's a rough language. Yeah, it's a very rough language.
0: But the way she sings it, it's just like, dude, that's like this should take, this should take the cake for the most beautiful language on earth for sure. This is no, no it way sound beautiful. Absolutely. But she's the only one I've ever heard speak Russian, and I'm like, wow, that sounds really good. Everyone else is just, it just sounds like another language to me, and I'm just like, okay, it's whatever. <laughs> but anyway, I, I I think it's kind of the opposite. I think it's actually from the perspective of the oppressed like a warning to those in powder and like the whole thing it's taken from like a poem from a guy who was in the ussr soviet union russia whatever you want to call that stupid huge ass country and so it it, who wrote poems in that realm who wrote poems in that way from the oppressed and so especially Mm -hmm. like the, the 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 lyric i must go on standing Like, that could straight up mean that this guy, he says, I must continue on standing for the future generations. That could also be taken from the perspective of the oppressor. I must go on standing. I cannot falter. I cannot fail. I know I'm right. The whole, like, God, you know, entrusted me with this type of thing. Mm -hmm. But again, this is just another example of how Regina writes songs that are completely up for interpretation. They could go any way. Like they're so out there and ambiguous that there's no right or wrong reason for it. And I don't even think she
1: fucking knows. Well, the the part that you're talking about the stand, like the the, I must go on standing and stuff like that. It (laughs) um, so like toward the end, like from what I was reading, like a a lot of people attribute the the church bells toward the end uh, end of the song as like the funeral or the death of the uh, of the monarchy that was overthrown, you know. So it, it tells this story of, you know, thinking, you know, the, the, the monarch, like I said, from the perspective of the monarch, thinking that what they're doing is the right thing. And, you know, it, they're, they're put on earth because that's what they need to do. That's their, their calling in life. And then the middle part of the song is the overthrowing of the monarch. And then the, the outro of the song is the death of the monarch. And that's why you hear the church bells ringing. I—I I mean, if that—if that's true, I don't know, but I think that's a really cool perspective on the song. I
0: see. I totally. It I tells totally, a fantastic story. I—I I get that, but I, I'm still taking the opposite. I still feel like this oh. song is telling the story of an actual revolt musically. There's a constant build in this song, which you don't like if, if you're in power there's no like build up. Like you don't you don't care. If there's a revolt happening, you don't you don't build to it. It just kind of fucking happens. You know, in movies and and music and stuff like that. It just kinda happens and you're usually like, oh, you're taken aback by it. You don't really know what to do. But yeah in most movies there's always like a build to the climax and the climax is the actual revolt. And the climax here is the bells. And you get that kind of like marching band pace to it. And the way she sings the latter outro it's like military men, like singing like Jodies and shit. Like that's the way it sounds, and th- like everything just builds up into that. Like you said, that church bell point, and I think that's the people coming up and revolting against whoever the fuck is
1: oppressing them. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm right. I don't know, because we didn't write this actual song.
0: That's just, but I, that's I just, like that's, I like your I like, your, I like your,
1: your interpretation as well. I mean, I think both are valid interpretations for sure.
0: And that la 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 part like beginning at the end of the battle would be like yeah. for the ending I mean that's I don't know that's that's kind of like ambiguous as well and weird and
1: trippy mm-hmm. but damn that's a good yeah. song it is really good Uh do you want to play it or should we move on
0: Uh what I mean think? I would only want to play the Russian part but we can move I on I don't know
1: what yeah I don't know what part that where that is in the song
0: I didn't time stamp that right. one
1: yeah, I didn't either. So, uh let's move on to Twenty Years of Snow. Uh the one I mean this song follows uh, how do you pronounce it? Oprismoy. Moi. Opres moi. moi? Uh, opres is a moy or moi? I say I just
0: how it. I, how I read it, baby. Opres moy.
1: <laughs> so American of you. Yep. Um so yeah, Twenty Years of Snow. This is one of my favorite songs as well. I love the the chaos of it. It it just it builds and builds and then it just kind of explodes and then it brings it back down to like almost nothing and then she kind of builds it back up again it's it's structured so unusually and but i don't know if there's something about it i just i love and she sings really really weird on this one it's pretty unconventional vocally
0: i i, I agree the song is is weirder than it seems on the surface i mean first of all it comes off of the hardest song on the album of Operas Moy. And so this kind of gives the album a nice contrast of Mm -hmm. like cold, cold cold-hearted, dark, and like warm and fuzzy. And then it kind of comes in with that like harpsichord sound, which Mm -hmm. harpsichord you immediately—I mean, at least I do—you immediately think back to like the, you know, like the old 17th-century French era, right, of music making. People like dancing around their wigs and their dresses and with their long knickers and on and stuff like that. Whatever the fuck they do. And so that's what I think of and and like this is what Regina does best, and most people are afraid of is she sings in that weird tone in this entire song, and she even brings yeah. on like these weird like i don't even know what to call it, but like this ah, 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 ah like that part, yeah, it's
1: so weird like, what is it's, that it's so abrasive yeah the the song is like pure chaos, completely unheard finish. of, yeah it's it's really really chaotic but she pulls it off really well and it's truly an unusual song to put on this record considering how poppy some of it is she really goes like all she's all over the place on this record but in all the right ways so here here's a uh, 20 years of snow cuz it's really good so here <laughs> Twenty years of snow. By Regina Spektor. I, I I wanted I played more than normal just because I wanted to get to the part where the drums come in, for like it's just so random and it, it's so weird, but it just adds to the craziness of the song. And her vocals on it are just so bizarre. I I love it though.
0: Yeah, there's so many things she does on this on this specific song. There's even a part where she kind of like does like this. This like low guttural, almost like a fat Albert, like rrr, 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 like that thing that he should fucking does on this song, and it sounds so <laughs> good. Like that? Yeah, is that what Fat Albert says? It's
1: something like that, yeah.
0: I don't know if it's Fat Albert that says it or another character on that show. No, it's,
1: but, I think it's Fat Albert. I don't but know.
0: yeah, she like takes this lovely ballad that could have been great on its own if she just did it like a normal pop star, but then she like bashes her piano and parts and adds her weird yelps. And completely transformed this into a phenomenal song. All
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh, that flair. You know
1: what the the harpsichord part? It reminds me of uh, you know, you've seen a Christmas story, right? Yeah. You know, whenever Ralphie has like he goes into like his imagination and he he's like starts thinking of like random things that don't make any sense. Yeah. It's like that that transition music into the imagination. Okay. That's what exactly what it sounds like, <laughs> but like chopped up and screwy screwy (laughs) like that's like the only thing i could think of yeah so i wonder if she did that intentionally or if it was just completely coincidental that it sounds like the that music from a christmas story but it's still great it's still great um but yeah i mean that's 20 years of snow you want to get into another one uh
0: i mean i'll get into every single song on here because i wrote (laughs) not gonna
1: do that fuck
0: ton of notes on every single song so why don't you pick what song you want to go into and i will just follow suit
1: uh let's let's see it's um let's get into edit edit's really good too that's a great song You just like one of the weird
0: because she emphasizes the t's on edit edit i know it's like edit
1: she has just this weird cadence in the song you don't want to talk about it. I mean, we don't. No, have to it's it's it no, it's a good it.
0: song. I, I I think the only song on here that I think is I would I would I would rather replace it with one of the uh, bonus edit. songs You'd is summer it? is summer in the city.
1: Yeah, I agree. That that that's the lowest, not the lowest point, but that's yeah. It's a that's good song, but one. it's not. Yeah, but we're not going to play. That is cool.
0: And I I I think it's probably one of the most weird songs on the album. It's got this like squirrely little bass line that comes in and it's really cool. And the way she says edit, like we said, with the emphasis on the T. It's just mm-hmm. it's so fucking weird. And and the song seems like it's just like a self reflection as a struggling artist, either her or somebody else, just trying to create music in general. And so I mm-hmm. think that kind of goes along the lines of she's just like, fuck it, I'm gonna play some dope piano and say some weird shit.
1: And that's what she does. And th- and this is another example of her talking about like cocaine use do you think she was like really into cocaine at some point or do you no. think it's just her seeing her surroundings and seeing people using
0: i i literally got zero cocaine use not only from this song but kind of like overall i think i think like the whole white lines thing i mean that could be taken as cocaine that could also be taken as other things but yeah i think this song is strictly just about like a struggling artist trying to create music either for the masses to get popular to prove something or whatever it may be, I think this is just yeah. like a self reflection on herself
1: but then but then there there's the line you know the line that you can write, but you can't edit uh, that that line thinks makes me not think it makes me think you know it, it, she's referring to drug use um by this this character that she's made up
0: see but i don't know. something Regina does on this album a lot is be... is <laughs> She's very transparent. She's very literal. There's not a whole lot of deeper meaning to kind of anything here, even on like Samson, even though we kind of came up with two different conclusions to that song, but they're both kind of along the same lines of that's a sad song. No, we came up two different
1: conclusions with, with operas. Moy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but they still had the, they still have this kind of same, well, Samson could have been taken either as another lover of Samson as a boyfriend who Samson could have been like Bill or whatever it is, or as an actual interpretation of the Bible story, Samson, and Opera's Moy, either the oppressor or the oppressed, but the end result is gonna be the same. There's gonna be a battle and there's gonna be an ending to that battle. Somebody's gonna win, somebody's gonna lose. Yeah. But so I, I I don't I don't think that she's that she's that deep. And I think that's on purpose. Cause her first couple albums that were self released songs and eleven eleven or eleven eleven songs There was kind of a lot more use of like imagery and and various subtle things like that. But I think, I think this one's just straight up like, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. I think she's literally trying to tell us that editing songs can sometimes be a bad thing. And the whole, I think the whole purpose of this song is her trying to say, I wrote a song. Now I'm going to try and get into that song and take it apart. But in the end, she's like, fuck it. Here's here's the song that I originally wrote, and that's why it's so weird on the edit part with the T's, because it's yeah, so and weird that, and so stupid, but it works it, within the song.
1: I feel like her saying it that way is her like frustration at songwriting, you know, because she she kind of really cause she really does, you know, make sure that T is pronounced at the very end of it. So I I think it it's a very she sounds very frustrated in the song, but uh, but yeah, so here it is. line is pretty pretty red I always forget it that it that it's there but it adds a lot more to the song
0: it's so quick and just, by the time you hear it it's already almost over
1: and then you always kind of like hear it, you because I, I think it was done intentionally but it sounds like they cut that part off like it doesn't finish that last note the yeah bass doesn't finish that last note so like you could i I don't know I just the little nuances on this record and on this song are just ugh, they're so good
0: as if that bass part was
1: edited Exactly. That was the point I was making. Oh but you just, you know laid it out in layman's <laughs> terms, I guess. But uh it's it's a great song. One of the best on the record. Uh another good one too. Kind of it it's kind of like a an oddball on the record, but is the song that time. It's like kind of like a pop rock song. It, with that really fat, gritty bass line. It's great.
0: This song I, I've I've always had kind of like this love hate thing as 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 to where if i like it on the album if i don't because it is super poppy and that guitar riff like drives this whole song it almost seems like the guitar riff was made and then she wrote a song around it because it's so prevalent and it's really fucking catchy
1: is it a guitar or a bass
0: i think it's a guitar
1: I always thought it was a bass. Well cuz I I know
0: she plays the guitar. I don't th- I've never seen her like live and stuff. I have never seen her play guitar. And so I've always yeah. just assumed that it was a guitar. All
1: right.
0: And again, right. in the personnel notes, I don't see anybody playing bass on this song, so you know.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> they probably left Jimmy probably played the violin yeah, and the Jimmy. bass. So Jimmy the fucking violinist. Jimmy got left out. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay, here's uh here's that time by uh Miss Specter.
2: time when I found a human tooth down on the Lansing. Hey, remember that time when we decided to kiss anywhere except the mouth? Hey, remember that time when my favorite colors was pink and green? Hey, remember that month when I only ate boxes of tangerines? So cheap and I remember that time when I would only Time that time when I would only smoke Marlboro. Say remember That
1: time, that time when I would only by smoke Regina Specter. That's a banger of a fucking bass line or guitar line. Poor Jimmy got left out. <laughs> but Nah that, that's a great song. It's so different from the rest of the record. But that's what, that's what gives this, this album so much character is it's how nothing really sounds like one another, but it still has this w- amazing flow and sequence to it.
0: One but. thing that I kind of felt about this song as of like lately in the past week was after reading just the lyrics and just how playful and silly it was and how I thought that this was just literally her telling stories about, hey, dude, remember that time we did this and this and this? But then towards the end, when it talked about the O.D.ing, Mm -hmm. this song could be actually about her like talking to like at a funeral or something, or or visiting her friend at a grave who did die from O.D.ing because she actually says that she was in the waiting room waiting to hear like the news of what happened. But then she also turns oh, into like this unreliable narrator thing because she admits that she was on drugs while waiting in the waiting room. So they did drugs together. Her friend OD, they went to the hospital. She was still on drugs in the hospital. So I don't, like, again, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's a really interesting look at it. I, I didn't even think of that, but it makes the song like very, very, very dark. Cause I always thought of it as like a, like a nostalgic kind of like poppy sound, but I guess that makes sense. I mean, you have the really dark theme with the very upbeat and kind of just fast song, you know, like it kind of like I can see somebody like driving a, like a, like a car chase or something to this song. Yeah. But then with the, with the dark theme, yeah, it gives it a, a an entirely different, you know, feeling. Best line of this. That's that's uh, interesting. Probably like the my favorite line, my favorite part of this whole
0: album actually comes from this song too. When she says "so cheap and juicy," we're talking about tangerines,
1: (laughs) but she's like "so cheap and
0: juicy." (laughs) (laughs) So stupid.
1: stupid. And then I I think I read something. I think I read something where like um, somebody asked her in asked asked her in an in an interview. You know, is this like autobiographical? Like, how much of it is it real? And they're like, "Oh, is this?" did you really eat tangerines for a month? And she says, no, the only real line was about the broken wing of the pigeon. It's just like, what? Like, uh, I don't know if she was just like screwing with the interviewer, but it's just like of all the things to be real. Why is it about a a damaged pigeon? I don't know. That's a weird pigeon part difference. of the
0: song too. Cause she kind of like almost like wraps it and of talks yeah. through that part. And it's, and it's very, very strange even within the song.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's that time. Remember that time.
0: Remember that time?
1: Um, I, actually, we've covered most of these songs. It looks like. Let's see here. I, I think it we've is played uh, most of these songs. I
0: think we should at least mention "Better" again. We we kind of briefly went over went over it. Um, this one actually had guest musicians on it.
1: Oh yeah, it did.
0: So Nick Valencia, he's out. He's uh, the guitarist for this song. He's also the the, the lead guitarist for the
1: Strokes. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, the, I guess that's cool if you're into the Strokes, but they're not that good.
0: You know, says like the only person on Earth. But the bass <laughs> Wait, you player like on the there... Strokes? You don't like the Strokes. Of course I like the Strokes. every like, the Last the Night, Someday, Reptilia, get the fuck out of here. And Regina actually sang... They only sang have one good song. They
1: only have one good, one good song. What
0: good song? Juice
1: Box. That's a good song. Oh,
0: man. Regina actually <laughs> sang on a Strokes song, the B-side to Reptilia, which I forgot the name of it was, but she actually sang on that song with the Strokes. Oh. The singer from The Stroke. That's pretty type. cool. I think his name
1: is Julian something, I don't know. Julian Casablancas, I think. And then the bass something player like for that.
0: this song is actually the record producer, right? David Kahn. Oh, wait, so there,
1: so there was bass on this record? No, just his song. So Jimmy is, Jimmy's not forgotten?
0: Uh, just his song, yeah, you're right. There is a bass player on this song. It's the producer, David so you Kahn. To me
1: too, but that's fine. Yeah. He's lying to me.
0: His name's not Jimmy. His name's David, and it's only on this song. But yeah, you're right. But that's why the bass in the song is so thick and juicy. Because he's <laughs> he's, so he's a producer, and he did what he
1: wanted to do. Because it is the bass is very prevalent on the song. It is, it is. Should we play "Bedham"? Yeah, play betem. Okay, here it is, "Bedham." yeah there it is so I sound like Regina that's a good song I, I, that's a good one but definitely not one of the best but I th- you were right about the bass the bass is pretty pretty damn good by David Kahn what was the name Dave Kahn David Kahn, David Kahn. <laughs> stupid <laughs> <laughs> oh man should we finish should we give our final thoughts on this one
0: uh, there's one more what song I would like to get into if we
1: have okay time let's for do it, it. No, hell yeah, let's do it. Is
0: Field Below? I think Field Below is a really cool ballad. This song really reminds me of like a spiritual song or like a church hymn. I kind of get that feeling, Um, but I think this is like one of the. If taken this way, I think it's one of like the more sad songs on the album, if not the saddest, because it seems to be like a song about kind of longing for the country life and the life you left with it. But if you kind of get further into it, and there is context within the song to kind of support this. It's that feeling you get when you see something that reminds you of somebody that more than likely has died or is no longer with you at that point. And so you feel sad when you see that thing. For instance, you know, the field, the actual Mm -hmm. acres of field or whatever it is, she sees that and she thinks of something, probably somebody that died. And when she's not seeing that field, she kind of wants – to see the field, so she can feel that feeling that she felt,
1: yeah, there's a lot of you, feels you, in there you kind you kind of take you've taken a lot of this album in a more darker avenue than I would have like i took a I took a lot of these songs as like about a relationship, but you took it straight to death so i I think that that's kind of interesting our little our our viewpoints on it, on it all she's but. also said like in
0: many, many interviews that she straight up just writes how she sees like people and, and and, like family things. And because she kind of, I don't want to say fled, but they left Russia so early on in her life. And she didn't actually go back there until decades later on tour and just starting over this new life in, in New York and things are just so different. And I think she's a very emotional person. And I think she's not afraid to embrace those emotions and probably extrapolate like the worst of those emotions and straight up wear them on her sleeve. And in two thousand ten, mm-hmm. her cellist, her cellist her cellist.
1: cellist. cellist. I think it's cellist.
0: Her yeah. cellist died like the night before her show, like he drowned. Jesus. And you can actually like watch videos, but she actually asked the audience not to tape her, but obviously people did. Which I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm on the fence about anyway, whether or not that was a good thing or a bad thing. But you can watch videos of her and like her like completely breaking down mid-set, like mid-song, and it's just, like Dang. this This is like a very emotional person, and she mm-hmm. writes very emotional songs, whether or not they are about death or just about complete nonsense. Because she's so emotional, I, I would like to think that they're all about something deep, if not something very emotional to her.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I think you're right with that. I mean, you can't write this kind of music without kind of wearing your hard on your sleeve you know um but the best but part of this song
0: yeah. is is right about the 140 mark she gets really like kind of jazzy with that piano Ooh. arms
1: let's let's start this song a little bit later then so we can hear that that part so yeah here's uh here's field below
2: and darkness spreads over the snow Location like
1: I felt like I was I was in a saloon when she was doing that. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. So good. It is really good. But, you know, when it comes to the sequencing, this song gets kind of drowned out by the songs before and after it. Because like, you have on the radio, and then it goes into this, and then you get into the hotel song. Yeah. It just kind of gets lost in the shuffle of it all, which sucks. Because, I mean, it, it it is a really emotional song, but it's also like the most straightforward song on the record. It has none of her quirkiness. It's just, it's, it's, it's not as like sad as Samson, but it it has that same vibe as Samson. So I don't know. It's it's definitely a forgotten song on the record. Forgotten. So, what are your final thoughts on this record?
0: Uh, well, final thoughts. It's it's also important to note that she did write the theme song for Orange Is the New Black,
1: but she uh, did. But that song's not that great, though.
0: No. I've never seen the show, so I don't know if the show's great, but the song I can't
1: believe you've great. never seen the show. The first season's great. But after that it really goes downhill fast.
0: I think I kinda just pulled the Tyler and I just thought that there was so much hype around it that I can't You're be great. So I never ass. watched it. You're such a dumbass. That's probably the reason why I never watched <laughs> You're it. You're an idiot. But my final thoughts are like like nothing has changed in mine and Regina's relationship with each other. <laughs> except for the fact that like I That's I love her more now. Than I ever have. I think this whole week has just been this weird emotional roller coaster for both of us. It's been this give uh-huh. and take, right? Like she's learned yeah. new things about herself. I've learned new things about myself. And so this whole <laughs> week has just been insane, insanity. Like there's been times I've had to cut this out. I'm like, yeah, I gotta take a break. I gotta take a break. Can't do it.
1: How many tears were shed
0: for Not, not, Not a lot. But None. So. But. But Dan, we was close. We was close. There was some. Okay. There was some serious self reflection. There was some. You know. There was some good stuff here. And uh, I don't know, man. I think that Regina has this, this way about her that she can. She's one of the few artists that I picture her. She can play at Carnegie Hall, and then the next night play at like, if it were around at like CBGBs, and it would still have the same what? effect on people.
1: I like think CBGB's was a bad one. Why?
0: You set her up with a piano in front of a bunch of punkers. Punkers what? feel.
1: Eh, not really. Punkers are dumb. No, they feel. They're dumb.
0: They feel. They're dumb. So what are you going to give this oh, one? Oh, it's a three. I already said it. it's a three. It's a
1: perfect three. It's three, a perfect, perfect album. Three? Yeah. three out of three. Three out of three. Easy. Alright. For me, I came into this album a little bit late, but I'm glad I did. I think it's uh, there's not there's not a stinker on here. It's chock full of bangers uh she truly truly you know shows how emotional she can be but not in like a, a whiny gross way um she, her the way her meta the way she can set up the metaphors between her songs and just i don't know it's it's truly a quirky album but in all the the, the right ways and i'm gonna give this album a uh a perfect three as well damn it's, definitely, it's a perfect album <laughs> It's a perfect album, Whoa. and I know you. I know you said. I know who would have thought. I never. I rarely give out threes, but you give out um, threes like they're fucking Halloween happened?
0: candy. What are you talking about? You love giving out threes,
1: but you did mention this week that this might be your one of your top three favorite albums. Yeah, yeah. so it'd be like. It, so it would be Pinkerton number one. Yeah. Uh, number two would be Corn Serenity of Suffering Oh man. And then number three would be Regina. Correct. Right? That is, is that right? That is so okay.
0: correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah top three man that's that's a bold statement
0: for the record i absolutely hate that corn album
1: (laughs) nah it's good man it's good that that wouldn't
0: even be that that wouldn't even be my top three most hated albums because i don't want to talk about it
1: (laughs) it's not that bad you're dumb You, you know what we should redo that album just because it was like a truly lost episode and because you know you hate it so much i would like to see if your opinions would change because you only said Neighborhoods was so bad And yet You know You listen to it ten times And you're like Wow this album's like One of the best albums Blink have ever put out So There you go So We each gave this album A perfect three Because it is a perfect album It's a perfect album Um, I don't know what we're doing next week But Jeff and I will figure it out And you guys will love it Because We've honestly made So many perfect episodes Every episode we've ever done Is a perfect episode Correct So there you go. Uh, Asinine Radio. We just did Regina Spectre and her album, Begin to Hope. Uh, thank you all for listening. Go onto iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Send us an email at gmail at gmail.com. That's it. That's all. David mm, Jabba, Jabba. David Jabba. David Jabba, Jabba, Juba, Jabba, David Jabba. David Jabba. David David Jabba. David Jabba. Jabba.
0: Okay. Hello. Guess I'm all alone here. I am so scared. Do dollop a daisy. Ah. That's kind of how we how we just kind of like communicate and talk sometimes is because we use a lot of these glottal stops. It's a really gross word, on huh? glottal. It is, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but like that's what makes her. But like that's what makes her like belay- the best is because <laughs> is because she embraces this awkwardness and that's that like her own right individuality.